This is Bigger Than the Game with Dermy Dove and Jose Ruiz. All right, Jose, we're back. Welcome to Bigger Than the Game with Dermy and Jose. I'm Dermy Dove. I'm joined by my tag team partner, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jose Ruiz. What's going on, man? Dermy Dove. Good, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And, you know, anyone who knows, and for those who are new to the show, we love we love documentaries in general, but we're yeah. big, like, sports documentary guys. And, you know, what has changed the game more for sports documentaries than 30 for 30s in the past, you know, decade plus, right? So, you know, we're, we're definitely, and we've done a past, ep- one of our first episodes ever was like our favorite 30 for 30s, which we should revisit, by the way, like for the YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, we got to update yeah. them and stuff like that, but. Yeah, yeah. Or we can do the worst. Yeah, so we should do the worst. That's true. That's a good point. We should do the worst. But, you know, they had a 30 for 30 that dropped last night. Yep. The greatest mixtape ever, which I want to start by saying this. Usually thirty for thirties are hyped a lot. I felt like this yeah. wasn't this got like no attention. Like this yeah. was not no, like the I hype agree. at all. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I almost forgot about it. You know what I mean? Like it, it was that quiet, whatever. And I don't know why, man. Like it's we were talking off the air and it like you you mentioned when we were having that conversation, it's like like the topic is a great topic. You know what I mean to talk about and and to do, and to do like a deep dive and revisit everything that happened back in that era, but it, it was quiet as can be. You know what I mean? Like we again, I, I I almost forgot that I had it on my phone. Thank God, and um, you know I was able to remember and make sure I check it out. But yeah, that's that was strange to me as well. I, I didn't get that. I have some thoughts on that, but I I, I didn't I didn't get it. I have a lot of why. thoughts on it. I have a lot of thoughts on it because. It's disappointing for ESPN, who rightfully so, I guess, they promote the hell out of everything in right. the 30s. The new one, it's getting promoted on. It's getting uh, every show is dropped talking about it. They're doing ads for it on, on the radio show, on the talk shows, and you know, premiering tonight, and it was quiet as a mouse. I went on ESPN Plus yesterday, the day of, and so that, that they had put on all the old street ball episodes yeah. from when ESPN had the street ball show following and one, you know, back, you know, 20 years ago and stuff like that. So like, I'm like, that, that's all you, which is, it was cool to see. I haven't watched those. In years. Yeah. yeah. Me neither. Yeah. But I'm like, that's all you're doing for it. So very disappointed in ESPN on that front. Yeah. Because I would think this and one was on your platform. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was on ESPN and that's when it really blew up. And like you mentioned, like 20 years ago and nothing, you know what I mean? Like, so, I, so I'll ask you, Demi, why do you think that was the case? You know, cause again, I have my thoughts on it, but I'm, I'm curious to what you got to say to that. Oh, I think um, lack of a lot of things, lack of star appeal, quote unquote, star appeal in their, their eyes. It's not on a particular big topic or, a big quote unquote game or a big athlete with a name to it. It's not one of the episodes that's backed by, you know, the, the big machine that is the NFL where, cause like yeah. when NFL 30 30 comes out, they are promoting the hell out of it everywhere. You know, the tough yep. rule got so much 
hype for months. The Al Davis versus the NFL one got so much. Um, and I think, honestly, it's the lack of, like, hey, like, they don't care. It's just it's these hip-hop, you know, like, it's yeah. hip-hop and it's these guys from street ball. Like, they don't really care about it. So That's that's kind of where I was at. Yeah. Not to jump in. I thought no, you no. Done go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I was at. It was just, like, the topic was a great topic for us and, and for a lot of us, you know, you know, watching the show and everything. But I felt like for them it wasn't, like, it wasn't an important topic, you know what I mean? Like, and for a lot of people our age, you know, um, maybe a little younger than us, it, it was a very important topic because again, it was like a time in our lives where streetball and, and playing like that was so, 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 so important. And not only to like, you know, just like fans, but it also became, you know, a style of play almost in the NBA, not obviously to that extent, but you know, it, it had, you know, it had his influences on, on the game in the NBA at that too. So it, it was, I was disappointed too. Like I said, like, you know, it was, to me, it was more like, this is not an important topic. So why, why push it so hard? And for me, what was bad was also, and the, the movie, the 30 for 30 got into it kind of, but this was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, the fact that these A1 mixtapes, it was like, you couldn't wait till that next one came out. And I remember they were like, that was like gold to get like the, the skip tape, to get the tape. Yeah. I, I used to know the numbers, but the tape where Hot Sauce premiered, like that was my favorite one. Like when like you got to see Hot Sauce, like and these, yeah. these were household names for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, A.O., you knew A.O., you knew Hot Sauce, Headache, Escalade, you know, Mark Jackson's brother. Like these yeah. guys were household names, skip to my Lou. And for the fact that like, you know, the and one brand was built yeah. really off of this. And for a while, I wasn't in Nike, it wasn't Reebok, but people, and one, you saw the shirts, you know, you saw them everywhere. Like the clothes were big. The clothes were big. Exactly. For sure. The sneakers were whatever, but I remember Marbury was like, I feel like the first He was, yeah. I can remember, like, had that brand, and, but I can remember, I didn't really, really like the sneakers, but I saw everybody wearing those basketball shorts, those cutoff jerseys and stuff like that. It, it was big for sure. And, and that's where it was disappointing on ESPN's part is one of the shorter running, like, you know, 30 for 30s. I think it's like the running times, like 48 minutes. 51, I believe. It's 51. Okay. So it's a short 30 for 30. And let me ask you about that. Did you feel satisfied no. Watching this, I, movie. I wouldn't even let you. I yeah, wouldn't even let you finish, finish answering that question. No, I was not. I felt like they, it was a lot of meat on that bone that was left, you know, because they didn't even get into, you know, those other players that you were even mentioning, Escalated Professor. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't. And I get it. They were focusing on like the early mixtape of like the N one and the street ball and all that stuff. So I, I get that part. But man, like I, I was waiting for these other players to come in and, and get into their stories a little bit. And they did it. They didn't even talk about them. They didn't even. It, it was crazy. I, 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 when it was over, I was like, "Wait, this is." It was only an hour. I was like, "This is done already." I was like, "Man, like this." They they left a lot on, on the plate for sure. And for me, it, it's tough because you know it's a conversation. Hell, I'll say it. It's a debate that you and I have had with people we know, if people we know in this industry about because we like to do long form and dive in. And absolutely, yeah. there's not just one way to show something. You can do long form, you can do really short. But for me, 
when you have something like this that maybe isn't going to be a mass appeal, it's not that name that like everyone knows, but those people who remember this are hooked on it and they're going to love it. Why not give it that deep dive? Why not give it a multi-part, you know, to me, the movie could at least, or give it a two hour thing and maybe hour and a half running time, you know, why not give that? They're now, yeah, an hour and 40 at minimum, like these, these episodes normally, and again, this one, you know, I just looked it up before we jumped on the show. And that's why I knew how many minutes it was. I was like, man, it's right. It was it was an hour on TV. So yeah, it was 51 minutes and some change. That's that's not enough. You know what I mean? For again, like you mentioned, like this was a cultural phenomenon that that brought together sports and hip hop and music industry. And I just think that's something that a lot of these big giant corporations still to this day keep their hands off because again like they just this is something they're very uncomfortable with still it's weird because they keep their hands off but yet they profit off of it so they want to they want to you know say act like they're not about it but they profit off of it and that's that's to to me also what i miss from the many things i missed but let's talk about to me the fact that when you saw and i'm not saying that these guys if they got paid what they probably should have gotten paid, I don't know that they'd be living in man. I still imagine, you know, who knows yeah. with financial literacy, like, and, and all that stuff. And, and myself included, I'm not saying I'm a, but it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd have been, yeah, I'd have blew through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm not like coming at them, but it's like as big as this was, the fact that they, they should have had huge contracts. And to me, almost even then when they age out, give them ambassador contracts for what yeah, they did, yeah. what they did for that brand, what they did for a while that you're even in the mid nineties that you're spoken into the same breath as a Nike, a Reebok, Adidas, a Feli, that this little thing from this little town in Pennsylvania can do this. And you're doing it on the backs of these guys, but the really the fact that like, yeah, they had the tour buddy, toured them around, and, and they probably got some money. But it, it was just a shame to me, like, the fact that, man, I haven't heard Headache, I, you know, that name in so long. And we should still be hearing that yeah. name. We still be right. hearing The Professor and Hassel. The names I haven't heard in so long. And I feel like that's where I'm missing, like, why didn't, why weren't they given that big contract? Why that's where it could have been revolutionized where, okay, Nike has the Jordans and all that, but then, Hey, be different. And then you have the hot sauces and the skip to my lose and the, and the headaches and the AOs and the futures. They're, they're your guys. Yeah. It was, it was, and you can see like, and not, I, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but you can like almost look at them today because it was friendly because you, you see them and you're like, Oh my God, that is AO. That is this, that, you know what I mean? Like, and they're still living in like the same neighborhoods that they were living in when they started. You know what I mean? And look, not to say that that's like a terrible thing, but to, to be a part of something so big and, and it made up tons of money. Like, I don't, I don't care what anybody says that again, like for me growing up in like the inner city, like I saw everybody like especially because it was affordable like the n one clothes like you know what i mean like for, like the, especially like the shorts and basketball gear like all that stuff was very affordable and it was a lot of people wearing that stuff so you can't tell me like you couldn't have enough room to 
to help elevate these guys and, you know, and, and put them in positions that to have them prosper a little bit and have them run their own tournaments and their own, whatever the case may be, you know? So yeah, I, I, they were, they were definitely exploited for sure. Um, and they were exploited with that first tape that they didn't even know they were on. Exactly. And then afterwards, afterwards as well. So it, it, they were just done dirty all around. It got touched on like a little bit. Like it got touched on a little bit, but just like the fact that, yeah, you're, you got this mixtape and, and it's, I disagree. I think other things have gone, you know, quote unquote viral before viral and even before the annual mixtape, but it was something, it was viral before we knew what the term viral was. Right. For sure. And it's like the fact that like, yeah, like you got, you're just using these clips and then using these images. And then I know half man, half amazing talk about it a little bit, but it's like, go into that. Like, and I, I really feel like they weren't going that the plan was to keep following skip to my Lou who you know, Ray for Austin, who, you know, wound up going to the NBA, Like the plan was to follow him around. And then when he got drafted, it was like, what are we going to do now? Yeah. He, he screwed him up, you know, yeah, big time. So I feel like if he say he's not drafted, I feel like they still, it would have kept going for the next, at least few volumes of just doing that, yep. of just getting that gorilla like footage with those camcorders and taking, seeing like you're going to the Rucker or this park or that park and filming guys without their knowledge and then putting it and selling it all over. Cause those things were the, they get played in foot lockers and different things like yeah. that and stuff. So like they would have kept doing it. Like, you know what I mean? That, that's the part that's like, I just really got from it was like how exploited they were, but then also the lack of talking about it. Oh, they they definitely weren't going to talk about that. You know what I mean for sure. And uh, I, in part, I, in that part, I don't blame them. But I don't blame like and one and all of them not to talk about it. But the players, yeah, I'm glad some of them talked about it. You you talk about half man, half amazing. He touched on it a little bit, you know, because they were upset when they that first tape came out and every, you know, for me, like, yeah, I would have been upset. And some of the players were like, yeah, like you know, I was on there, like you know what I mean, like it was it was me, it was my highlights. I was happy about that. But then when you saw that thing everywhere making all this money, you're going to it's natural to want a part of that. And then when he kind of signed them to those contracts and, you know, took them on tour and, you know, it, it, a, a, a story that really like got my attention was when they when they were trying to film the second mixtape and they went to the rucker and they were like, nah, mm-hmm. yeah, y'all can't y'all can't film that here. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that happened at that time. And I was like, no, that's makes a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? Like you got all these people out here, you're filming all these people, you know, some of these other players, they're not under contract with you. You know, you're going to film them as well. So I was like, man, like that was that, that kudos to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like kudos to that, you know, the record organization and all of them. So I didn't know that. I thought that was a cool story, you know, from, from the 30 for 30. No, I didn't. Again, like I'm glad that happened too. I'm glad it happened. I didn't, I, I knew that, the second one was in Linden, New Jersey. I remember main event. I remember watching, like you know, watching all these videos. And I remember going with friends' house that they got it first, and that was a thing we put on the mixtape, and we're watching it like yeah. that was instant. So like I remember it being in Linden, New Jersey, because I was going over to friends' house who were in like South Jersey, and you know, you're younger, you have no. I'm like, is that that by here? Let, let alone it's like yeah. an hour and a half. Two hours away. Yeah, I go. Can we go see them? Are they that close by? Like, <laughs> I want to go see these guys, but like, nah, that was yeah. two hours away. It's like, oh, okay. 
but it's like I just really felt that it it was a good like origin story like that was like kind of interesting like here like like you said the backstory to how and they focused on like the original guys yeah like which was like nice but then it left out so many other names who were like some of the more popular players yeah that came they came a little bit late but not like way later on but they came a little bit later on yeah and they were some of the most known guys that like you wanted to watch and they kind of just got left out and like you kind of saw like low mention you saw like a clip of them but i was disappointed in that i was like you could go into their story they were popular they weren't just like riding the bench they were like some of the more known guys and we didn't yeah. really touch them at all yeah they were some of them the more you know we talked about these players being exploited, man. Like some of these other guys, like you talk the professor, like you know that's they one. Like you know what mm-hmm, I mean. Like that's mm-hmm. all I keep thinking. Like because he was definitely promoted, and they, ESPN was all over him. And even like you know, you mentioned like the Escalade, like rest in peace. Like you know, like they could at least said something about that. You know what I mean? Like and they and they, I was shocked that they didn't do that. You know, with him passing away not too long ago, and. It was like, man, like they they couldn't even do that for that guy. Like, give him his that. brother yeah. works for the station. Mark Jackson is his brother, and as a right. broadcaster, like he's one, he's like one of your main analysts. And it, I was, I was, they didn't have like a a rest in peace thing for him. It was just like done. And like Flash, I remember Flash. He's passed away. Like there's some, you know, there's guys like remember like they were a big part of this. They were a big part of the show that was on your network. Escalade's one of the main guys who was always talking, like yeah, always, always being interviewed in front of the camera, like always on there. And he was a great always. interview. Like I was glad they chose yeah. him because to me he was the best. Yeah. He broke it down, like what's going on, and like all like he was older. You could tell than some of the other guys. Yeah, but he broke. He had, like a good head on his shoulder. He broke down. So like he was like that's where like I watched like Escalade. Like it was kind of like, you know, six ten. 500 pounds doing what he was doing was like crazy but then like yeah. it was like he probably to me was like my favorite guy where i'm like i want to hang out with escalate like you give me one guy i'm like escalate's like top of the list like i chill with yeah. him and espn followed him all he's like almost it felt like he was narrating like the show and he I'm was like, yeah he was because he wasn't he was playing but it was more of those guys playing mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and you know, but he was out there. He would do a few things out there every once in a while, and then he was more on front of the mic, in front of the camera. And again, like you say, he did a great job. Great job. He definitely was narrating all those shows when he was on there. But again, not even to mention him, like it, I, that he said right with me. And again, I understand they were focusing on those original guys, but still, man, like you got to show the growth and who helped grow that mm-hmm. thing. Man. And it was those other guys. And I don't think. It did. I feel like also, and maybe I'm wrong. If I watched this movie and I had no idea about AM1, I'm still not getting, I'm getting the thing that this was like a cult thing. And this was not a cult thing. This was white kids, white America were like watching this and knew this was huge. Yeah. This was a big deal. And I, I don't feel like the movie quite, put on there how big of a deal like it had like the nike freestyle commercial which was cool i, I love that commercial that was a great commercial but like i don't think they show like this was 
this was an everywhere no. kind of a thing. Like everyone, if you were of a certain age and you liked basketball, you knew about the M1 mixtape tour. Yeah, and then the thing was like, which they didn't talk about. It, it was, it came at the time where that was obviously that was huge. You had guys like Iverson in the league, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, who was almost parallel to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, Iverson was at a different level, but it was just still the same mentality, same game. You know what I mean? You had all these guards. You had Marbury, Iverson. And you had so many players. That, to real quick, you had Slam Magazine also rising with that, too. At the same time, exactly. And you had all of this together, which made that – it was – like you said, it was a cultural thing. This was not a – this was not a fad. This was not – because it almost looked like it was a couple of years and that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you watch this documentary, and it was not – they all that rose together. And I felt like the and one – and all that helped Iverson and those other players in the NBA who was still playing like that and vice versa. He was helping them out and like he was appearing on the tapes, like they were going to play with these guys and those and those like real famous, you know, um courts out there in all these cities. So I, I just like they didn't even touch on that. They had other players, like they interviewed players on there and I like, kind of given their opinions on it and how like it influenced their game. But man, like I, I felt like the that the thing that Iverson brought to the NBA was right along with this and one thing, and it was rising together. And they didn't even mention that at all, you know. And I, I felt like that was a big deal because, like you mentioned, if you love basketball in this era, you were watching both. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was, and it was they, they were both just as important, in my opinion. And, and maybe I'm wrong. We may disagree. What I think it also lacked, or it definitely didn't get, if they hit on it, it was a quick, if I'm forgetting it, forgive me, people, but, like, we're so accustomed now that hip-hop's everywhere. It's in all these commercials, all that. What also it brought was David Stern and the NBA were still, like, not comfortable with hip-hop and the NBA merging. So we had had a little bit of progress in the 90s, you know. But remember, still, someone as hard and as tough as Larry Johnson was Grandmama. You know what I mean? Like, there still was kind of like a, uh. So and one brought that for you. What you were, like, hoping, like, man, why aren't we at a Sixer game or Madison Square Garden playing a Biggie or a Nas song? You weren't getting that in the 90s too much, no. really. Like, you got Go New York, Go, which I love that theme, but, like, that was, like, the most hip-hop-ish you were going to get. Yeah. But then and one was like, oh, yes, finally the place where, like, these two loves that we all know we both love, you know, if you're in the black or the brown community, you love hip-hop and basketball. When you play, when I play pickup, whether it was suburbs or in the city, someone had a radio and boom, and you were playing music while you were playing. And, like, this brought that together, and there was no, like, barrier. There was no, like, uh-oh. Like, it was like, yeah, this union happened. And talking, like, no one really mentioned to me that you, like, that, that well, they mentioned the union, but, like, it was going against mainstream culture. Hip hop was mm-hmm. supposed to be hidden back then. Now we see it on on big corporate commercials, and they're playing DMX, and they're playing, and it's like, oh yeah, everyone's just that's normal. Back in the nineties, that wasn't normal. No, and the thing is, they kept it like if it was just a hood thing. And yes, it started in the inner city, and you mentioned it started with black and brown people, and you know that's where it originated from. But it did not stay there. You know what I mean? And you had the Kevin's and the 
Todd, you know, the Masons, and <laughs> with the cornrows and the N one cutoff jerseys, like they were all. Everyone was doing this stuff. Everyone was trying. Everyone they, they were trying. They were, I'm not saying they were successful, but they were trying. And you know, at that time, if you were playing ball anywhere, somebody was coming out and trying to trying to do all this fancy stuff. And that was not just in the inner city. It was everywhere. We used to play a lot of basketball in like Northeast Philly, and it's, you know, for a lot of our Listeners, you may not be familiar. It, it's 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 not it's not the inner city. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a nicer area. It's borderline, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's right outside of North Philadelphia, and you know we played a lot of ball in there, and it's predominantly like a, a white neighborhood. And those dudes were trying to do all that stuff too, man. You know, so again, like that was I, I appreciated how it kind of they talked about like the original and like where this comes out from and. I I like that, you know what I mean? Because that's that's one thing like me and my friends talk about all the time. It's like you don't need a lot of money to play basketball, you know what I mean? Like you to play hockey. That's why there's not too, too much in hockey in the inner city. Hockey is a very very expensive sport to play. Believe me, I tried to get my son into it, and they told me how much it was going to be, and I it, 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 I was blown away. Um, <laughs> plus the equipment, you know. Mm-hmm. Even baseball, you still need a glove. You know what I mean? You need a bat, you know, to play and you know, football, again, you just need a ball, but eventually you're going to have to, if you're playing in pads, you're going to have to buy some other equipment. And in basketball, you can just show up, you know what I mean? Somebody's going to have a ball and you're going to be able to play, man. And that's why basketball is such a big sport in the inner city, because again, like it doesn't cost a lot of money to, to play ball. And I, I kind of like that they talked about that, but again, like they, they kept it, just everything at the, like the origin of it, man. I, I wanted to see, where where it came from, yes, but where it ended up and, and like the expansion of it. And they, they failed to hit on that. They did. And I'll say this, what I, I liked, because it wasn't all bad. Like, you know, the origin no, was no. cool. What I, the couple of things I liked were kind of like when you see things like, and for people listening to connect it, when there was like the, the, the John Madden documentary that came out, um, like right before he passed away and talking about like Fox sports kind of like looked at how Madden, the video game was like their camera angles and they copied it and they were doing the same kind of a thing. A lot of times for sure. Like, yeah, like it was big on, you don't, like, the game was different. Now the game is, you know, changed and it's more guard oriented now than it was back in the nineties. But you know, a lot of times like they're not traveling like they were with the guys in the A1. Yeah. But like you can see you definitely do see the a generation who watched and one and worked on the handles in a much different way than like a lot of other guys the previous generation that influenced. It made, it made big men do it too. Right. It made big men do it too. Right. So you know like I, mean? I like that they did that. That they showed like how there is an influence there and that that stuff happened. And I did like the fact that because this was a thing back in the nineties and early two thousands where people would say, what would happen if you get not just any NBA players, but NBA all-stars against like these street ball legends who would win. And the funny thing is as a grown man now, I'm like, that's why were we even, that's crazy. And I and I like that they did that yeah. on his documentary. Like Harry was like, nah, yeah. I'm not doing that. And it was a couple other players. I can't remember who, but Baron Davis and then Yeah, Baron Davis, Baron Davis. Who 
those two guys have the credibility to say this. Absolutely. Stuff, you know what I mean? For sure. Because they weren't scared of that. They were they would go into the rucker and play these games. So I those guys have respect from my end, and I'm sure your end as well. Because again, they were in that stuff. They saw it. They were playing with these guys. You know, they had the clips of the Kevin Durant. There was a there's a litany of players who, you know, played in New York and went to New York to kind of like you know, show that they can play in these situations, but not every NBA player will, will willing to do that. Yeah, Kobe did it. I remember um, yeah. Vince Carter had an epic game where he did it. He had like a big, yeah. like, back one-on-one. Yeah, Durant had a crazy game. Though. Yeah. I think he scored like 60 points or something like that. So it, it's like, you know, the, the only point they made, it is true. It's a different thing. Like when you're out there and you're not, it's not security and all that stuff. Like it is yeah. a different feeling. But the fact is, like NBA bench player, but guys who ride the pine, G leaguers, are going to beat these street ballers. Yeah, let alone NBA All Star. There's no chance. And I like that. He's like, they're you know, you're not taking care of your body. You're not doing these things. You don't have the discipline. Yeah. And it's like it's the truth. It's true. Yeah. So let me ask you a question on this, Dammy. When when Lou Williams was on there and he said AO was one of his top ten players of all time, what do you think about that comment? Because I AO was my favorite guy. Yeah, AO, yeah, I, I someone who I'm more, you know, Mount Airy area of Philadelphia, but like bumped into AO a lot back then. And it was just that's why I was like, oh, AO, Aaron Owens is right there. I hear people call him by his real name all the time. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I got the feeling that, like, that, yeah, top 10. Tommy high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's one of his favorites. But not like AO was like one of the top 10 players he ever saw. But that's just one of his favorite players. Yeah. You know, um, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, hot sauce, my number one always will be of all those guys, hot sauce. And, and if you like, I never thought about it, but I have a list of like most exciting guys, college, pro, whatever, like maybe like top 10, top 10, hot sauce is going to make it. Like he was exciting to watch. Like I got yeah. up to like watch him. I went to watch and one live that number one for the atmosphere and one B to see hot sauce. After that, it was like, oh, main events there, that's cool. Half man, half amazing there, that's cool. But hot sauce, it was like, we, I got to get on the cage and go peek in and go see yeah. hot sauce. So like, he was one of my favorites, but like, yeah, I knew even back then, I'm like, it was a hot sauce or AI. I'm not like, that's a toss. It's like yeah, AI. There's no debate. Yeah, yeah. So like, but I like that they brought that because back then people were having that debate. People right. were saying that. Yeah, and because again, people were in love with these guys. You know what I mean? Like they were in love with how they play the game. They were in love because they. You mentioned it, it was it wasn't as guard heavy back in this time the way it is today. Like if you have a dominant backcourt, you're going to do a lot of damage in the NBA. It's almost like it was like it's been with college forever. Like college, if you had a dominant backcourt, or you know, if you're seniors and juniors where you're point guard and, and, and two guard and you're going to have a good right. good chance in a tournament, you know. But back then, man, it was not like that. And, I mean, but that was starting, though. You know, that was definitely starting. And, you know, I, I used to, like, when <laughs> when we were playing and stuff, like, and guys would try to do all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you're just looking at them, like, like what are you doing, man? Like, you look like, an, like if we're trying to, like, do cartwheels on the floor. And, like, it, it was just – 
like it, it would make me laugh, man. You know what I mean? And not that I was like a high school all American or anything like that. Nowhere near that. But you know, it, it just what it did also it it changed the game. You know what I mean? And it was it became like you had to get yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we were talking about it. You know, check the archives. We were talking about that Sacramento Kings team in the late nineties, early two thousand, and how like that like switched it a little bit there because at that point in time, everybody was trying to get in the highlights and trying to shake somebody up and break somebody down and go to the hole where before that it was not like that. And I feel like this and one movement was a big, big part of that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that's what it was. It was a movement. And, oh, yeah. um, the Harlem Globetrotters, we're out there before, you know, you, you have different things like that. Rucker Park, watching those games were big in the 60s and the 70s. There's the great stories of Dr. Yeah. J and people going Will, crazy. Will yeah. playing there. So, you know, this phenomenon of street basketball has always been there and it always will be there, I feel. But I just think, like, this was something that was special. And I think, like, you... And they asked at the end of the movie, could this happen again? And like, not the same way. But I think you you could have something similar. Yeah, I think so. I think we're always looking for that. I think we're always looking for, and sadly, people are always trying to prosper off of it and trying to find that way of like something that's kind of underground and different. And then it's like it gets to the mainstream. I I really do feel. Like, that was the disservice. So, like, how it all ended, they kind of just made it. I feel like there's a lot more there, but they kind of just made it feel like it just, like, almost like blaming, like, in a way, like, putting blame on the players for, like, well, they wanted some money. So that took away the essence of the street. And I'm like, what? Like the competitive edge. Yeah. They were kind of trying to hit them with. Yeah, I didn't like that. And I'm like. I didn't like that. To get paid, like, these dudes not, you know, not making anything and then trying to get paid when, like, people are making millions and probably billions off of, like, your likeness, off of what you're doing. And I'm like, that's not what happened. That's not what stopped it. Like, no. I, yeah, they made it seem like it just fizzled out, you know, and that was not the case because we were mentioning it earlier. There was a whole new generation that came in again, blew up on ESPN and all that. There was another five or six guys that I can remember, you know what I mean? And that that took what they started and took it to another level. But no, I agree with that 100% because I was watching that and I was like, no, like they didn't stop playing hard because it didn't seem real. They almost made it seem like it was like choreographed, like like it wasn't competitive anymore. I, I thought it was the total opposite. You had guys from every city trying to get on that mixtape and get on that team. And anytime they played somewhere, dudes were coming at those guys hard. Absolutely. All around. Because this, look, I know street ball is big in New York. I get it. But that's not the only place where it's big. And I know those people, I know New York people, I know whatever, <laughs> that's fine. But, like, you got Fat Joe on there. I'm a little, Fat Joe needs to go away for a little bit for me, too. Like, I love Fat Joe. But he needs to go. Away. Really? Well, let me ask you why? Why? As as? Oh, this is going to be a super side note. Then, Port, man. As, but, uh, you, you always rep your, your fellow Puerto Ricans. That's right, and I love that. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I love Fat Joe. I'm a Fat Joe fan. 
I, I just see I'm seeing them everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the thing. Like, there's a couple people that in life, if they were to like fade away a little bit for a year, I'm like Magic Johnson, like people like that. Like, I'm, I'm, I would not be mad at that. But Fat Joe right now is on my, on my radar to like, you, you stop talking for a little bit, man. Like, you know, but he, he's big on that street ball stuff. I, I'll give him credit on that. He has that like terror squad team every year and they bring in NBA dudes and it's a big deal. I know it's a big deal in New York, but. There's a lot Philly. We you talking about is 16, 16th in Susquehanna. It's like a big area there. Chicago is big. You know, you got Venice Beach Court. You know what I mean? Yeah, like in California Detroit and Oakland and different places. Right. Yeah, there's 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 a lot. Houston has a um, uh, McGregor. I think McGregor Park. I think it's called in Houston. You know, they got the dome in Baltimore. Like you know, there's a lot of big time like street ball parks you know jackson park in chicago like that's those are big parks man like and big time players go there and 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 again like i know it was like a new york thing and that's where all originated from and i I totally get it and i'm not you know that new york bias is not in what i'm talking about right now but um like you know it, it going back to the point where before i went off on my tangent there it, it didn't just fizzle out. And and that that's not what I thought that happened to it at the end. You know, they were trying to say, like, you know, they couldn't do more than what they were doing because now people weren't as interested and stuff like that. Like, and I, I can understand that to a point because, again, it's like we've seen all this already. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, I get that. that but it, that's not what happened at the end. That's my point is that you just kept doing the same, like, I, I do remember having a feeling of like, I used to watch that show all the time. And then I stopped for a few years. And I remember one time I'd like a Friday night, I turned on like ESPN or ESPN two. And I'm like, I see like the professor. And I go, Oh, this show's still on. It's like years later. I go, yeah, oh, they, I thought it got canceled or they stopped. They still, yeah, you see, you literally see him grow up. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like weird. he became like a man in front of you. And yeah. I was like, Oh, he's like 30. Yeah. It's like, weird. like he's, he's grown. But the thing is, it's like that's where, like, it, you know, and maybe they were a younger company. The Nikes, like, you have to have like a development plan, and right. there were so many other things to keep up with the trends. And okay, like you had the tour and you had the ESPN show, but that kind of gets old. It's like you a developing new players, like not trying to say phase out the old one, but like. Phase, you know, give him into like an ambassador. Phase him out, pretty much. Yeah, phase him out. Phase him out. Phase him yeah. out. Ambassador roles, because like get these new guys going. You could do different things. Do documentaries behind this. Like you can, you know, like we see now, market them, market them right. in new ways. But like, right, like seeing like, okay, yeah, I remember four years ago when they went to Oakland and they had something. Now season whatever, they're back in Oakland playing again, and like it's like, yeah, it just was like. Yeah, I saw all that again, and it did lose it because I remember when I saw them, I don't know, 20-some, 20 years ago, they were outside in, like, 16th and Susquehanna on a real playground. Like, the big N1 buses came, but you were in the hood. You were outside. Then it did become, like, which is cool for them, but, like, in the NBA arenas. Yeah. And so it did. Which is hard to get to for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, it gave it a different feel. So sure. it didn't have the feel of like when you watch the early episodes of Streetball, they're in, if they're in a gym, it's like a local rec gym. So you're getting the real fan. And when you got embarrassed, 
they were like coming onto the court and laughing at you and pointing at you. Yeah. So it had that feel where once you're if you're in like uh you know, the Wells Fargo set in Philly, like someone might they might go, Oh, well it's not the same kind of thing. Nah. Like then like, yeah, yeah. half the court is filled with people going crazy after you did this three sixty windmill dunk. Like it ain't the same feel. No, it's not. And they pointed that out, which I, I I understood that too. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a different feel, but again, that's it's not because because like, of the players. Like that's the that's the point of like starting something like this. You wanted to get so big that you have to put these guys in MSG and like you said, Wells Fargo and here in Philly. Like that's what that's the goal. But now you gotta bring in some new stuff. You know what I mean? Like just like they did with like from hot sauce to the professor. It was like that was a big deal because now you got this young guy coming in here and, and doing some of this stuff, but now doing his own thing. And now everybody wants to come at him and he's coming at everybody. It's, it was, it, that was, that was good to see because it kept the momentum going, but you know, you can always find dudes that jump out of the building. You know what I mean? That's, those are the easy ones. Those are the easy players to find. You got to get those other guys that are going to like, you know, do a lot of that fancy stuff. And, and I think, you know, they just they just try to keep like regenerating the same guys, and that's what at one point you're going to as a fan you're going to go all right. Well, like I've had enough of this. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I got to move on from this, and they that's where they failed big time. And they failed like like I said, just to there's different ways that this could have been promoted and kept the interest in, and it kind yeah. of just lacked Cause, it because that's always going to be interesting that the fans especially like obviously like like basketball fans in general but like like you mentioned like if you can go see somebody for free and i get it like we want to get paid but if you can go to just a normal park and watch them play that's a big deal for a lot of people you know and um but like street ball and and the music together that's always going to interest us always and, that's never going to and, and still mention in the movie but it's like, yeah, it'd be cool to have like, yeah, a hot sauce shoe, a headache AO yeah. shoe, like those right. things like that keep it going. Like Nike had that crazy freestyle commercial, and one, you know, had the freestyle commercial. It's a shame to me. One of my favorite video games of all time, NBA Street Volume Two. If and one could have partnered with that, you know, yeah. and like been a, and, and maybe the NBA that could have been, you know. RIP to him, but David Stern being like, I don't like this, but I'm gonna market it. Yeah. So maybe they couldn't. I don't know. But like to me, that's that's the next step. Try. Try to have it where like, you know, and David Stern was a big time capitalist. He wanted that money. But hey, you could play and let's see what you you had old school players in it. You had the current day players, have the and one players, and hey, and one all stars versus the NBA all stars. And one right. All-Stars versus the old school with Dr. J. Like, that would have been awesome, like, to have them in that game, which, like, is one of the more popular games of the past 20 years and one of the best games ever. Like, things like yeah. that, I'm like, man, that's where and one did a disservice to these guys. Why not? Like, that's how you keep it fresh. That's how you, you do all those right. things. Yeah, you market it to those, you know, to the younger generation. And, you know, the younger generation at that time, wasn't worried about playing with, you know, Larry Bird or like, you know what I mean? Like those players like that, they were one, they wanted to play with guys on video games who they're looking at on TV. So like you mentioned, that was, that was a good point. Like if you can have hot sauce versus like Isaiah Thomas, you know what I mean? Or at that point in time, like 
again, like a Marbury or somebody like that, that you know you're never going to be able to see that on TV, you can create it on your own. You know what I mean? And, and that that would have made that game that much more popular. But again, it would have kept them, you know, in, in, in the, you know, if they, it would have kept them fresh in people's minds. You know what I'm saying? Like it maybe continued to help. You know, and one could just continue to grow, which again, it it, it kind of didn't. Yeah, I think that. I think, who knows? But like when when social media came out, when YouTube came out, if you were on that and trying to like, you know, have like the YouTube channel behind the scenes and YouTube watching these guys work on this move, or you know, yeah. videos on how to like teaching people, like how many kids would have bought that. And there's like yeah. it's a tutorial, like how to do these moves, and like you're do, like it's just those things that like I know you're a smaller company, but that all puts money in people's pocket, and that all keeps you relevant, especially when like kids are doing this stuff, and like there is that interest. Right. It's just um, I didn't like the the narrative that they. And I know every perspective, everyone has their own perspective, and this is the directors and the producers that's theirs, but. I didn't like the narrative that it gave, that it just like fizzled and like, oh, like we had this beautiful art, but then we went for the money. So then we lost the art form. It's like, yeah, even if you want to say yes, that's not what made that fizzle out. Like, because y'all went for the capitalism from the start, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 But they deserve to make some money, you know? And again, like if you wanted to do something different, like have them do their own tours, like individually and take their own teams. And it's like teams, hot sauce, or it's a team for like something like, but no, I don't blame them for wanting to get paid, especially watching how big and one got. So, you know, they can paint that narrative all they want. The thing is like the fans know exactly, you know, what it really, really happened there. And again, like just like a lot of recent, you know, 30 for 30s, I was really excited for this one. And I'm starting to lose that that exciting feeling I used to get for them. Because, again, like a lot of them have been duds. So <laughs> let, know, me, let me ask you, ones. why do you think that is? Why do you think a lot of the 30 for 30s <laughs> have been duds? I don't, I don't know. And we were talking before the show started off the air. And, um, you know, we mentioned like the topics have been really good topics. We talked about like the Bruce Lee. That's an epic topic that hit generations, you know what I mean? That they could have really, really, really done a good job with. And again, it, it was a dud, you know, the Al Davis versus the NFL. So many storylines in there. Dud. Like, I don't know what the hell they did there. Like, you know, and it, it we can go on and on. There's a, I, I got like a handful of, of, of 30 for 30s, recent ones that <clears throat> have not been that good. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the people producing them. You know, I don't know. I I don't know. You know what I mean? But I just know for me, lately, I the, the excitement of the new ones, like even the Greg Norman we talked about earlier, I watched a little bit of it. That wasn't even hyped up like any of these other ones, you know. And again, another great story that if you tell it right, is, is going to have, you know, people are going to remember that. And, you know, again, we mentioned like the 2000 Baltimore Ravens that's coming. I'm like, I'm I'm already excited for it. I'll be honest, but you know I'm trying not to because again it, it, I, I've been getting disappointed a lot. Like you opened the show talking about that's something I love sports. I know you love obviously you love sports. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. But sports documentaries, documentaries in general, I, I love a good like sports documentary, man. And again, I'm getting disappointed with these thirty for thirties. No, and I think that's the key. I think 
you know, it started off like HBO was for most of the time, like for documentaries and period for a lot of years, but definitely in sports, it's like they were the Kings. And then Bill Simmons yeah. and, and Connor Shell and 30 for 30 guys, like they've said ESPN can go after them back in like the 2010s. And ESPN did go after them and ESPN succeeded. And HBO doc started looking like, which, which I appreciated them. And I'll still watch those old ones now because I'm an addict when yeah. it comes to this stuff. But it's like, I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, they, they, they were there, they were, they were outdated. There was an old, there was a simple, it was a one kind of formula, the same leave Shriver narration, the same kind of setup and boom. And that was it. And 30 for 30 changed the game. And I'm grateful for that. But then a lot of those guys have left. And I'm wondering if, losing those guys who kind of always constantly pushed for that. They had an excitement for that it topic. They had an mm-hmm. excitement that they wanted that hot director who felt connected to the story to really right. push that story. That's what 30 for 30 was based on. It was 30 stories, yep. 30 different directors and a story that connected to that director that he wanted or she wanted to talk about. And I'm wondering if they've gone away from that because Bill Simmons has gone to HBO. And then I'm looking at now, since he's been there, Andre the Giant documentary, which was great. I rewatched it all the time. Now. Oh, that's that's a great one. You yeah. know, the he had the, the music box thing where you had the DMX doc and What's Up 99 and the Kenny G and the, uh, um, the You Ought to Know. I'm, how am I blanking on her name? You Ought to Know. Uh, but the, the doc on her, I forget. She dated Uncle Joey or Joey from Full House. Um, oh, no, Atlanta, Atlanta's more set. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably not my thing. <laughs> oh, I didn't, well, that song was huge back in the nineties. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was actually not my thing, but like it was a good documentary, honestly. Um, but their docs have gotten better since bringing Bill Simmons over. Yep. And I'm kind of just wondering, like. I kind of feel like since like a few of those guys left, like they're run right after like OJ made America, but like a little bit after they still have some good ones, but I feel like it's faded out and it used to, it used to be must see TV the next day for 30. Oh, absolutely. And I don't feel that way absolutely. anymore. Nope. I don't at all. And not at all. I it's still must see TV until I start watching it. And I'm like, (laughs) again, it happened again. And that sucks, man. Because again, like, you know, we've talked about HBO. I know we both, you know, had conversations on like a lot of Showtime documentaries. They're really good. Yeah. You know, um, but you were right. And that's something I, I, I didn't notice, but you're a hundred percent right. And it's like, you know, those early 30 for thirties, you'll get the producer talking at the beginning, obviously giving like a quick little whatever about what's what we're, they're about to show. And it's like, yeah, like you all, you hear them talking like, yeah, I remember, you know, watching a Knicks play in 94 and like, yeah. and it's and it, it, it like, it like killed them and like broke their hearts. And now they want to tell that story. And again, they had, that's a lot of passion behind that memory, that story, that team, that player, whatever the case. Now, you don't, you're not really getting that too much. And, um, and I guess, yeah, that may be, that's what they're lacking. You know what I mean? They're lacking, you know, those stories from the producers who actually were living through that and and really felt that way. And now they want to tell that story. So, 
Hopefully they get that back because they they definitely they're missing that. Well, because man, a lot of people are coming for him. Because you're right, Showtime has stuff. Um, it's hard. A lot of times, like these networks, these own sport networks, they do their like own documentaries. Yeah, uh, yeah NHL Network has some great ones. Yeah, so it, it, sure. it can be hard. Like I think they 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 kind of create a monster here, and, and I love that. But I'm I'm just wondering like. You know, you have to get this back. Like, you have to do better because it's starting to fade. And it's where, like, you know, Peacock, even some of these streaming platforms are doing their stuff. And, like, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of better than what I've seen. Like, the Joe Montana thing is better yep. than what I've seen 30 for 30 do in a while. Like, you, you kind of need those, like, that jolt for this genre here. Um, I don't know. But uh, um, for this topic, for streetball, for like the greatest mixtape ever, do you think this could have been a multi-part series, like a like a six-episode thing? Do you think it just could have been like two hours? Do you think it could have just been a a, a multi-part podcast? They have thirty for thirty podcast, and they did one on here. Do you think like that's where it would have been done best? Like, what do you think would have been the best way to do this story? Yeah, I don't know if a multi-part episode like they could have filled the multi-part episode up for sure but i think if they would have just went with their normal two-hour documentary they could have covered again like the original team what happened with them and then what it became and then again like adding all those other players onto it and then at the end they can kind of talk about what happened at the end there but no i think a two-hour solid deep dive would have been enough for me. I mean, I know probably for you, you were bigger. You were a bigger fan than and one than I was. But you know, um, I, that's what I think. I think a good deep dive, a two hour episode, that their normal length of time, hour and a half, two hours. For me, for this topic, I would have liked the two hour one, just again, just to kind of really dive into these other players. But how about you, Derek? I think the same thing. That and you know, if you have the bone, like there's a a thirty for thirty podcast out there, and they just did drop an episode kind of like it goes hand in hand with the movie. You have that. And honestly, if they would have even done, cause I'll watch those videos on YouTube or ESPN plus of like, you know, they interviewed um, the, the, the uh, director and they had like, if you gave it that typical promotional tour or hype machine and they had so many clips, and they had these people on this show talking about it, and these people, and then you have a, a clip from maybe, you know, First Take or Get Up or One of the, one of the Morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and, like, being like, hey, did, did streetball influence the NBA? Like, if you give me all that, I'll be satisfied. Where, like, people were talking, where I kind of just felt like no one said anything, and nope. that hurt it. And then there's not, like, oh, a good, like, behind-the-scenes thing, like a like on ESPN plus a bonus extra with like the director and some stars of the movie, yeah. like, like what they did for like the 86 mess, what they did for these other ones that's lacking here. And I think that would have filled make make the movie a little bit longer, but that fills it too, where we're getting like a full menu, a full meal where I feel like we right. got like an appetizer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's like, Mr. 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 In the Street, Stephen A. Smith. I'm surprised he didn't kind of jump on that and, and talk about that and do something about that. Um, because he loves to tell people he's from the streets, you know. <laughs> and, um, 
Whatever. Um, but yeah, no, like I tell I me how you, they, tell they, me how you, how you really feel about him, Jose. <laughs> you know, and I used to like Stephen A. when he first started, but now it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, that thing with Kevin Durant really like when he when he was like threatening Kevin Durant live on TV. I was like, dude, like come on, man, like you're like fifty something years old, man. Grow up a little bit. Um, anyway, um. But no, like I, I get, I agree. You know, they they could have done a lot more here, and um, I don't know why they didn't. I was, I honestly like, I, I was, I looked up the the producer. It was a set free mm-hmm. Richardson or something like that. I was trying to see if we can get him on here. Um, but he's not on Twitter, I don't think, and nothing like that. I couldn't find him. Um, but that would have been a good conversation. Obviously a good question to ask, you know what I mean? Like what, why not bring in those other guys and, and what happened there? You know what I mean? Like it could have been something there that they were, whatever. I don't know, but um, it was interesting. And um, again, like we mentioned at the beginning and you talked about before we even started, man, it was a great, great topic. And they just dropped the ball, literally dropped the ball on this, but hopefully someone else grabs it and does something different with it. Um, Because again, like there's, there's, some stuff they still need to talk about. No, nah, for, for sure. And um, it left, I, I, had, I don't know about even a letter grade, but if I had to give like a grade, it's it's incomplete. It was an incomplete doc. Ooh, yeah, it was. It was. Like you got your paper back. Like you're missing. Yeah. You forgot to add a few things it's on there. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. It was disappointing. Um, and, and I'll be honest, man. Maybe only but right there with the, the Bruce Lee one and recent ones that had disappointed me. It's just like tied. Like the Bruce Lee disappointment. This is like the Bruce Lee broke my heart. It, exactly. I up. Exactly. I, I was so I don't know who you were. We were both talking about it. I was so excited for that. The Al Davis one I was excited for. Um, but once I saw it, it was like cartoon, whatever the hell they were doing <laughs> there. Um, I was like, nah, the Bruce Lee one. I was hyping that up. I was texting people who won't even watch sport documentaries. And I was like, yo, you got to watch this, man. You're a big fan of Bruce Lee. I know you are. Check this out. And I was watching it. And I literally fell asleep. And I was like, dude, man, they, they, that topic, that's the one that, and I know we're going off topic. No, no. That's the one right there that they could have, again, hit on so much, man. So, so much. Gen- and again, that goes back generations, 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 generations. Like, that topic there, man. And um I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with the two thousand Ravens. Um I got a feeling it's just gonna be Ray Lewis preaching on there for like forty five minutes and a lot of Ray um, preaching. Yeah. They got Shannon Sharp. I mean I he's with Fox. I don't know how much he's gonna be on there, but he's obviously gotta be on there. He was a big, big part of that team. So what? We'll see. Yeah. Now, all right. Let's get into it then a little bit because 2000 Ravens could be so interesting on right. a lot of fronts on the historic sports history front, which is what we do here. But we also get the past to the present. So, like, hey, how it changed modern defenses, how you could really look at them as like the breaking point of like we got to open this thing up even more because. No yep. one's scoring, and we can't have these thirty-five-seven Super Bowls. A lot of things you could do there, right? Then you have Cle- from Cleveland, the Cleveland to Baltimore thing. Like, yeah, starting off thing. there with Art Modell. Right. Great point by you. Start off there. 
honestly, Ray Lewis, which they won't. I wonder if they're going to tiptoe. I dare not. I, I don't. I think they are. The attempted murder charge, the, like the whole, all yeah. that stuff, which was the biggest storyline of that season, the biggest storyline of that Super Bowl. Yep. was the questions and the way Ray Lewis was getting treated. Yeah, because that that was that was rehashed in Super Bowl week for sure. Until where Brian Billick, Brian Billick, the head coach, was like had to stand behind him and defend him. And the stories that I've Brian, heard, that, Brian Billick, a PR guy too, yeah. he was a PR guy in San Fran. Yeah, so. absolutely. So it, it's all that, and then they kind of fade it. And I feel like what they're going to use is a little bit of clips from NFL films, and they're going to use the Hard Knocks clips because they were the first yeah. Hard Knocks team the year after, though. They were already world champions. And I'm like, I don't need to rewatch. I watched that Hard Knocks a million times. And if I just see a bunch of clips with Tony Saragusa having to walk to get his truck because oh. Shannon Sharp parked it far away, I'm like, yo, this isn't what we can talk about. Like, Yeah, they're going to – because who on offense are you going to talk to? Other than Shannon Sharp, maybe Jonathan Ogden. You get Jamal Lewis. Yeah, but apparently he's not doing well, apparently with CTE or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and, um, that's true. Okay, you're right. I don't think Trent Dilfer. You get Trent Dilfer. And he's not with ESPN no more, but you still get I, Trent Dilfer's story is interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's it for sure. And then you can, you know, they're going to probably paint that narrative of like, you know, this defense having this quarterback, you know what I mean, and still winning it all, you know, in spite of having that quarterback, you know, um, there's going to be a lot. I feel like a lot of Brian Billick, a lot of it. Um, hopefully they get some Ozzie Newsome in there, you know what I mean, like, because that's a super important part of that that story. But I feel like there's so much you could do, and I'm not yeah. saying that everything has to be multiple-part series or a three-hour-long thing, but you could do so much that it don't just gloss over. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happened with that team. And even the aftermath, like, you win the Super Bowl as a quarterback and you just, like, let go. <laughs> like, which to me, yeah. then and now, I understand it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's still, it's still tough. It's tough, and it's, like, a big deal. And honestly, it's, like, you have some explaining to do, even though like, you don't because it's Trent Dilfer, which you kind of do because he did get you there. And does he have a right? Not a right, but, like, let's see if he can defend it. Give him that chance. Like, he wasn't yeah. even given the chance to. Like, it was, like, a QB, like, it was, like, a, a controversy or, like, a competition in training. It was, like, Elvis Gerbank yeah. is the guy. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're moving on. Elvis yeah, Gerbank. we're done. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for your this service. Our guy. Thank you for your yeah. Here's your ring, and see you later. Rip yeah, that, that was tough. Yeah, that, that was tough. I do like the point, like the modern-day defenses and stuff, like, you know, um, how they put just two big guys in front of Ray Lewis and have Ray Lewis running around or those, or those linebackers. They had a good set of linebackers. Mm-hmm. I wish Bull wearing sharper. Like it, it, it was, you know, it was a great defense. Rob Woodson, you know, that's another story you can talk about. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be a fun topic. I'm just I'm curious what direction they're going to go with it. I just don't want like Ray Lewis like sweating with the rag and like preaching. I, I just I like and I look Ray Lewis was one of my favorite players to watch. 
but he he's he's lost me too. <laughs> Ray Lewis for your fat joke. Ray Lewis Ben could have gone. And the thing is, I respect Ray Lewis. He yeah. he is the best defensive player I've seen in the past 20, 25 years, probably Ray Lewis. He's, you know, he's right up there for sure. He's, he's that dynamic. He's makes it running for greatest middle linebacker ever. Yeah. Like to, it was always like Buckus bucket. I think Ray Lewis makes a good point to kind of yeah. run at that title. So Ray Lewis is great. Ray Lewis. And I get it. Like if I played with Ray, I know if I played with he's my teammate, I probably oh, would be inspired. Like, it's just how he plays. But also, I probably would be annoyed being like, Ray, you you preaching again? Like, you didn't preach yeah. all week in practice, before the game, in the pregame huddle, when you was dancing when your name got announced. You did it at halftime. Now, third quarter, you're still preaching. Like, I'd be like, you got to stop. So, Ray Lewis keeps Listen, preaching. Ray, he keeps preaching. And if it's going to be one of them, yeah, I can't do that. Yo, his Hall it. of Fame speech, I literally had to, ch- had to turn it off. Like, his Hall of Fame speech drove me crazy. Like, drove me crazy. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just... Um, he was like a preacher, man. Like, he had the mic. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was too much. I'm like, everybody else at the podium, you got the wireless mic. You, you up there doing a dance with Jonathan Ogden. J.O., let's go in this. Sliding it. I'm like, what are you doing? And then you just start. Yeah. It was like 40-something minutes. And I was just, yeah, I turned that one off too. Yeah, and I was excited for it because, again, that backstory is it's a backstory for sure, you know. And But, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that episode. Um, I'll be there watching it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be there, you know, so. um. I know they got a couple other ones coming out, but we'll see, man. Like, but again, like, you know, this, this, this is why we're excited to have this YouTube channel, right? Like we we can come on here when these 30 for 30s or any other documentaries drop, we can come on, we're going to watch them. Right. And if you're watching this, you're probably watching them as well. And we're going to come, you know, we have the ability now to just jump on here and just have a conversation about it, how we feel about it. Um, give our opinions and, um, and then move on, right, and get ready for the podcast episode, which we got coming up soon. Uh, we're excited about that topic, and and yeah, that's why when we open with this with this YouTube channel, this is what we were talking about, man. This is the excitement we have here because now we're, you know, we can jump on here and just react to a whole bunch of different things. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get that in there because I, I know we talked about this the first YouTube um, episode we did. So this is why, you know what I mean. This is the exciting part. Yep, and. That'll be it for us. So for the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jose Ruiz, I'm Darmy Dove. Thank you guys for watching and listening to Bigger Than the Game with Darmy and Jose. Take care. Peace.